Help Me, I'm Grieving is a series of short conversations between a children's bereavement support specialist and someone who has experienced childhood bereavement. The conversations cover many aspects of bereavement and its impact on children. Each episode has a version aimed to support a specific age group. These are younger children of primary school age, young people and young adults, and parents and carers of children and young people of all ages and any supporting adults. Scotty's Little Soldiers is a childhood bereavement charity whose mission is to provide relief from the effects of bereavement to young people who have experienced the death of a parent who served with the armed forces of the Crown. You're listening to episode one, how to talk about death and bereavement. This episode has been created for the parents and carers of children and young people to listen to. It is also suitable for any adults supporting a child through bereavement. It offers guidance on talking to children and young people about death, dying, and bereavement. If you're the parent or carer of a young person currently struggling with grief, you may find the episodes that talk directly to children or young people helpful for them to listen to. They can be found alongside this one on your podcasting platform of choice or at scottieslittlesoldiers.co.uk forward slash podcast. Hi, my name's Ben and I experienced childhood bereavement. My name's Lorna and I work with the families team at Scotty's Little Soldiers. So we're going to talk about uh, childhood bereavement um, in, in different aspects for different audiences. And today we're talking about uh, two adults, yep. about how to talk about death and bereavement. Absolutely. We're talking mostly around parents and carers and and death and bereavement is one of those taboo subjects within society. People don't like talking about it. So it's how do you how do you take that subject if someone ha, um, has suddenly died or has died within your family? How do you talk to children and young people about that? Okay, so I, what is for reference and for for context, I think it's important. I was fourteen, turning fifteen, when my dad passed away. So I was a teenager. I wasn't young, young, but I was still kind of in that formative years. And um, my dad passed away. I had my mum and my sister, and. Uh, I was told by my sister yeah. um, and uh, everything kind of happened very, very quickly. So I know for me, and I know that for everyone, every experience is going to be different. It's going to be personal. But for me, being told was uh, a, a strange experience. I don't think there's a good way of describing it, but I, I think from my experience that it was done well. Um, because it was, you know, it was a, a quiet environment. It was people I trusted and loved and, and it was very honest. Yeah. So let's talk about what telling someone about death and, and going through that is like and how uh, it's best to do that. And I kind of want to compare it, compare what you say to, to my experience to try and give a bit of context to, to how it all sort of fits in and works for people. Okay. I think that's, that's really fair. And, and you know, there are so many different causes of death that, as you said, every single story will be different. And, you know, when somebody has died, even if, you, even if that death is expected, it's still a shock. Mm. So you, your next thought um, process with regard to being a parent is, I've got to tell the children. 
And and when you think about that, that must be one of the hardest and most difficult things that a parent or a carer would have to do. And, you know, it's about getting the right words, isn't it? And and as you said, the right environment, the right words. How do you explain that um, at Scotty's we deal with parental death? So how do you explain to a child that a parent has died? And, and for me, it's about this. It's about clear, honest, open information. And we have to use words like someone has died. You know, you've just used the terminology passed away and I'm not going to stand in judgment of you using that, but using that sort of uh, wording when you're talking to a child, they might not understand what that means. What what does passed away mean? You know, sometimes we say have gone to heaven, gone to the angels, um, you know, that, that loads of different things and terminology that we can use, but we have to be really quite clear in those moments. And it's the tone of our voice. It's about explaining something that sadly, that in, in for example, d- daddy has died. Daddy won't be coming home again. Um, you know, all of those things are really important to get it right. You only get that one chance to say it, but you want to make sure the child understands. Mm. I think for me, because I was, because I was a teenager, you know, I, I knew what was being told to me. My, my dad had a terminal illness as well. So okay. um, it was expected, but it was sudden. Um, and... I actually remember, I don't think any words were actually said. I think my, I remember my sister coming in and, you know, giving me a look and shaking her head. And that was kind of it. Like I kind of knew what was happening, but I was older. So if you're talking to a younger child who might not understand what passed away means or, or any of those phrases, is death the best word to use 100% of the time? Died. died yes yeah I, I think it's around circles of life so it might be that if you have been quite open with a child with regard to life cycles it might be that you've gone out into the into the woods for example and and seen animals that have died on the side you know you might send a baby rabbit you might be discussing what that that rabbit has died for example so it's about you'll know your child you'll know how to explain that somebody has died but it is it's those words and, and I'm really pleased to hear that your your sister did it in a in a way that made you feel comfortable and you understood because you it was communicated to you but that was on the grounds that you knew your dad was ill mm. and sometimes parents and carers don't even tell a child that a parent is ill so they 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 keep back they try and protect children which is great but actually, when that person has died, that's just a massive shock. If you didn't even know that the parent was ill, for example, that that's just like it's just like having a sudden death. And so it's all of those things combined, your environment, you know, making sure that the child feels that they're in a comfortable space and that they're loved, but giving them a really clear message that the person has died, telling them that their body has stopped working um, if they're a younger child. But obviously with a teenager, it's explaining you know, that th- this is what's happened. I'm sorry to have to tell you this. It's, it's about tone of voice and, and actual message. And, and then just giving children and young people time to take that in. It's, it's, a, it's really difficult and, and it's a, a shock to hear that news, even if you know you're expecting it. Mm. And there's, there's that need to protect and to do it in the right way. And I think there, for, for someone who hasn't been through it and um, maybe you know if someone's listening to this and they they know that their other half has a, a terminal illness and this is something that's going to come up at some point i feel like there's there's a potential for people to think well i don't want to use what could be perceived as scary words because 
you know, we, we've had the conversation before that people don't talk about death and dying. So what's the um, what's your advice for people who who think, well, they're young. I want to protect them. I don't want to I don't want to scare them. How do you tackle those feelings? There is there's a number of things around that. But the first thing is a child is never too young to grieve. So even if um, a child is a baby, when somebody has died, they'll still notice that their environment has changed. They'll still receive the impact of, you know, changing in emotion and feeling from the adults that are supporting them. So, so that bit that sometimes people say to me, oh, they're just too young. You know, they won't understand. Children are never too young to grieve. So it's about when children are a lot younger, you have to complete, uh, con- continually repeat that they're not coming back, that they have died. Because children, very young children, sort of five and under, they won't understand the concrete element to the fact that death is a permanent thing. But as children get older, their understanding of death becomes a little bit more realistic and they understand that someone cannot come back. So you've got all of these things you've got to take into account. And then, of course, you've got the teenagers who will who totally understand what death is and that it's permanent. So that for them is in, in, incredibly, it's a really sharp approach, isn't it? It's, mm-hmm. it's saying to them, you know, this is final. So words around using death, dying, explaining what's happening, especially if somebody is terminally ill, explaining that sadly they're not going to survive, that at some point they, their life is going to end. It's those conversations, but it's contextually having them taking into account the child's age, level of understanding, but being honest. You know, if, if, you, if we're not honest, we're setting up children to fail and to have far more trauma, really, when something does happen. Mm. I think as well, going back to what you said about um, giving children time, I remember uh, sort of a lot happens when someone dies. And, and I think through conversations I've had with people who have experienced it, there's that, that thing of, oh, there's suddenly stuff going on. Like the house is suddenly potentially busy and full of people um, and, and things have to be arranged. And I remember sitting on the kitchen table and my mum and her partner and my sister were there. And I said something to mum like, well, you know, because I'm going to go to school tomorrow. And she was like, no, you're not. You, you, you don't, you're not going to school tomorrow. Like your dad's just died. And for me, I was like, well, I knew it was coming. Like it, it, obviously I'm sad and I'm affected, but because it was so sudden, it was almost like I wasn't grieving yet. And I think that it is, it's definitely important. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on it, but definitely important to know that everybody's going to react differently. And if they don't immediately show grief or sadness it's probably just because they haven't processed it yet absolutely i I think that's a really good point ben i think it's that reactions you you could you could tell a child of any age that somebody really important to them has died and some might laugh some might burst into tears some might get the most incredible outburst of anger and storm off some might run away the reaction to hearing bad news it can be different for every single child. So that's that's the first thing. But the second thing is, whilst you're processing all of that information, there is this part for me that we can't just make it all better. Children have to grieve. Uh, young people have to grieve and come to terms with what's happening to them. So for me, it's it's about making sure that they've got the space and the support to do that. Yeah. It almost feels like a cliche at this point because I've heard it so many times. 
but there's the whole thing of grief being a cycle and um you know you, i i learned very quickly that you you don't just go through each stage and that's it you you sort of go back and forth between them and you might experience anger at one point and then move on to sadness but then go back to anger for example how different is that for different age ranges of children it i think if we were all really honest every single day we go through a range of emotions and feelings and it's no different for any child or young person and it's certainly no different when a child has um, experienced bereavement but younger children in particular we call it puddle jumping it's that bit where one minute they can be in floods of tears because somebody in their family has died and the next minute they'll go can I go and play with my friends and then five minutes later they'll come back in something's happened during the play and they're suddenly in floods of tears again because they miss mummy or daddy or whoever it would be that's died so that's puddle jumping it's that bit where you're dipping in and out of feelings and emotions all of the time and you can't be in control of that emotions it's really deep felt grief is a physical reaction as as much as an emotional one when you're a bit older um think of teenage years i mean when you're a little bit older it, it is that bit around you know there's so many thoughts going through your head you know that life's changed how is it going to be when I haven't got my mum or my dad around? How are how are we going to cope in the future? What's who's going to look after me? All, all of those different things and and a thousand other things are going through your mind. And teenagers have quite a lot to deal with as it is. So you put this into the mix, and you can understand why they look for something that's just going to give them a real solid base. So your point about going back to school, you can understand. Sometimes that gives you structure. You know what's going to happen at school. When someone dies, your life feels out of control. So if you can put a bit more control back in and I'm going to go out with my friends or I want to go and meet up with my mates um, or can I have my mate around to come and stay or, you know, I want to go back to school. None of it's wrong, but it is about just processing that information and recognising it's a child's life story. And we've got to do that in a really in a way that allows them to process it in their own time, in their own way. And they will do that far better if they've got clear, honest, open information about what's happened. How has someone died? What's going to happen next? What will happen to me if, you know, all of those questions. It's about making a child feel secure. Mm. We're obviously talking about actually talking about death and dying, particularly as as it's happened, if you're breaking the news. Um, but I want to touch on really quickly. What sort of conversations should you expect? or potentially have come up over the next maybe days and weeks after the initial conversation? I think, again, we go back to society likes to protect children. And immediately after a death, there are lots of things that need to happen. You talked about lots of people being in the home, and I think that's right. You get people come and visit. But equally, there are there are some um, specific things that need to be done. And uh, culturally, we tend to have funerals. So not always, but we do have funerals. And what happens is we try and protect children and young people quite a bit. And, and, and parents and carers will suddenly say, oh, they're too young to go to a funeral, or I'm not sure it's the right thing for them because they might get upset. And I, my best bit of guidance would be, you know, it's the child's right to go sometimes. If you think of it on their basis of what their choice is, would they like to go? Will they feel angry if they were told they couldn't go and they want to go and pay their respects? So with regard to funerals, they might want to make decisions around uh, whether or not A, that they attend, 
but equally what music's playing? Should there be photos on display? You know, um, do they want to go to the wake? Are there flowers of choice that they would like to say? Do they want to say a reading? Again, people, what we do is we tend to protect children and say they can't be part of that. But I would say give children a clear explanation of what's going to happen and give them a choice. And things like, again, different ages of children. But for me, it doesn't really matter what age they are. It might be that you need to have some arrangement for that child in place before a funeral. So by all means, change your mind if you don't want to go right to the last minute. But when you're in the in the church or in the crematorium or wherever you are, that you are, you've got someone there. So if that child feels at one moment, this is too much for me, there's somebody already on hand that's already been agreed in advance, an extended family member that can just look after that child so that their needs are catered for at the same time. Mm. And that as well, I think is very important for for you as a person, because you're you're grieving too. So having someone who can do that means that you're not going to, you know, buy yourself off from from the grieving process and going through those experiences as well. Absolutely. I mean, parents and carers, their first their first thought is to protect their children, isn't it? And they want to take that child's grief and pain away. But why wouldn't you? But I think we just need to recognise we can't take that pain and grief. But what we want to do is allow that child to go through the grieving process. So it's about making sure that we support parents and carers to help them support their child. And that's really tough, isn't it? Because what happens is adults tend to go straight into that, oh, I've got to look after the children mode, and then they don't look after themselves. But I think it's okay to then think, well, I've got to do this for me, for example, at a funeral or, you know, seeing a body, um, at a, seeing a body at a, a chapel of rest or something. So that you make that decision as the adult. But you might need to then look at, well, what does that look like for the child or young person? and make the right decision for them taking all of those things into account. So the other thing as well then is that there's different, there's many different causes of death and uh, it, it could be tricky to talk about some of them compared to others. So how do you, uh, as a parent who needs to communicate with their children, how do you tackle the different causes and, and how you might communicate that? We've already spoken about if you know someone is going to die, so they're terminally ill. So those. There's, there's loads of great resources out there that will help you explain that to a child or young person. So that's the first thing. But again, that causes of death, sudden death, suicide is one that people find incredibly difficult to um, explain and, and quite understandably. But I'm going to say, you know, it's really important that we give children clear information about what's happened to the person who has died, even if it's in nugget, you know, pieces, small bite sized pieces to allow them to build on the story as, as a child gets older. If you don't tell the child the truth about how someone has died immediately after a death, it is incredibly difficult to pull back from that. And it's incredibly difficult for a child to not think that they've been lied to if in five years, two years, 10 years time, you suddenly explain to them what did happen. You are just reopening that child to being bereaved again um, everything they believed and understood has, has just gone out the window. So it's really, really important, however difficult the cause of death is, however challenging that might feel, it's important to find those words. And there are lots of resources out there for parents and carers that will help them. And I would say reach out, reach out to someone and say, I'm finding this really hard to explain what are the words I can do and I can use. But again, being really clear, be honest, mm. be honest. Yeah, it's about having an open, an open chat. 
absolutely. And, and that open chat has to continue and it has to continue right through that chat. That bereavement is a journey. When somebody has died, your life changes forever. So it's about making sure if you really want to support your child, then keep that dialogue open. Make those conversations open. Encourage that child or young person to talk to you, ask you questions if they don't understand something or if something's bothering them. And sometimes it's just about they want to ask questions about that person. Um, what were they like? You know, what, what was their favourite food? All of those things allow open dialogue. And the more you can do that, the more comfortable a child will be able to cope with their grief. That doesn't mean that you're taking that pain away, but it does mean that when when those tough days come or those questions come, you're answering them honestly and you're being open with that child. It helps them process what that death and what that bereavement means to them. So just to sort of round off then for this episode, the the key things are being open, being honest and finding the words to to communicate accurately what's happened and then giving the the child or young person the, the space and the time to process and grieve in their own way. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't I put it better myself? Um, and also recognising that sometimes you need a little bit of help to do that because that's all, it sounds really easy, doesn't it? To say, be open, be honest, you know. But that's quite tough. So do look for different resources. Do reach out if you feel like you need some help and um, and recognise that no one's saying that you might get this right first time because sometimes we don't always get it right first time. But it's important if you take all of that into account that you're supporting that child. Brilliant. Thank you very much. If you want to find out more about Scotty's Little Soldiers, or if you know a child or young person who has experienced the death of a parent who has served in the British Armed Forces, head to scottyslittlesoldiers.co.uk.